0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. FL, fantasy, college. Man, this guy does it all.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is sick. Put this to music.
0: Time to check in with Rotawire.com's football guru, John McHechney. What are you doing on your phone? I am fixing my fantasy football lineup.
1: On In the Zone. Your home for the latest injury news, betting advice, and daily fantasy analysis. John McKechnie, you can find his analysis there. Also on Twitter at John's underscore tailgate. Afternoon, John. We've got plenty of fantasy football to discuss. We even got a nice little trade today. But you're also my go-to guy, my go-to source for all things Georgia football. We've been talking a lot about this Georgia-Florida game the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't know if you'll be partaking in that, but uh, your team's been a little bit hot and cold, you know, while still holding the top spot in the country. But do you think they can cover 22 and a half?
2: I do. Um, you know, again, like you said, that that's a huge game. There's a lot of fun, you know, social aspects to it. Unfortunately, I, w- I won't be able to um, to get down to Jacksonville this weekend for that one, but do you have some friends that, that are – on their way down right now fr- from Atlanta. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I think the the Florida optimists could note how well they, they were able to push Tennessee. I mean, that, that was pretty much Tennessee's closest game other than the Bama game this year. And, uh, you know, Florida, Anthony Richardson had his best game. Uh, but that was against a defense that, that I think was still gelling and, and still uh, to this day, uh, has some problems against the pass. Uh, Georgia doesn't really have that problem with Malachi Starks and Keeley Ringo. They they got a little bit banged up uh, in the secondary at safety. Um, they, the problem with Georgia, I think, and the only way that this really um, stays close is Georgia is lagging a little bit behind as far as the explosive play element. They, they've they been hampered by the, the absence of A.D. Mitchell, the guy who caught the 40-yard touchdown in the national championship game last year, been out with a high ankle. So if Georgia – uh, needs to, like, score quickly or pick up some chunk plays. that They haven't really shown that they're able to do that so much, but um, they, they definitely have the requisite talent to do it, you know, between Brock Bowers, uh, the backfield combination. They don't have, like, a, a a true star like a DeAndre Swift or a Nick Chubb, but the, the combination of those guys, like Milton Mac, McIntosh, Dejan Edwards, um, it, it's a good enough group, I think, to, you know, just kind of uh, stifle Florida when they have the ball, and then defensively I, I think that Richardson could be kind of put in a really tough spot especially you know we saw last year and i think that that type of game will continue this time around yeah if he if he shows up
1: and he's the worst version of himself it could get ugly really really fast and you're right about those running backs it just seems like they always have a fresh guy out there uh, with Georgia going through their box scores. It's like every game five or six guys are, are toting the rock. Well, let's move to the fantasy world, John. Kadarius Honey traded to the Chiefs for a third and a sixth-round pick. They're conditional, so you know I'm sure that there's something to that. Uh, but that's a lot. Thoughts on the deal and any interest in fantasy with a talent like that going to an offense like they have in Kansas City?
2: Right. So anytime that someone uh, gets picked up by Kansas City, you, you kind of just rubber stamp that that they are going to uh, their fantasy stock is, is immediately on the rise. And I'll get to that in a second. I think it was a good return for, for the Giants. First of all, I know that they just spent a first rounder on Tony uh, in 2021. Obviously, it just wasn't working out. So for them to be able to get a third round selection for a guy who just simply wasn't producing, uh, in, in their uniform, I think that that's a, that's a good enough return. So the, the question now becomes, you know, where does Tony fit in this, you know, uh, Chiefs offensive alignment? I, I think that we can kind of assume that Sky Moore basically drops out of relevance completely as far as the receiving game goes. But, you know, we, we have a good mix, you know, as far as Kansas City, they, they're mixing and matching a lot with between MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Nicole Hardman all lining up almost equally between the, the outside and the slot. Um, so Tony can become that fourth option in the receiving core, but that makes him the fifth option overall, of mm-hmm. course, with Travis Kelsey uh, being in the mix there as well. So there, there's some speculative interest. I think that you, you know it's fair to have a little bit of optimism because Tony is so electric with the ball in his hands, but at the same time, he's going to have to learn this offense. He's going to have to get acclimated. It's good that it happened during the Chiefs' bye week, so he can kind of, you know, get to start a uh, little bit of a head start without missing a game or anything like that. But um, I'm I'm still overall a little bit pessimistic on, on Tony's immediate return. Maybe down the stretch he gets into a rhythm a little bit, uh, and, and the Chiefs can unlock him, but. You know, even dating back to his Florida days, the, the talent never really matched the production, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if that if that kind of is the the story even still in Kansas City. Yeah, a lot of people get caught up with those highlights, but he just hasn't been on the field that much.
1: John McKechnie joining us from rotowire.com, football analyst over there at that great site. Let's move to Thursday night football. Uh, what do we do with Gus Edwards? I know he's been limited throughout the week, probably just more of a precautionary thing for John Harbaugh. But do you trust him enough to play him? And who can you trust these days
2: on the Bucks? Right. So th- this, this sets up as a, as a weird um, Thursday night matchup. They, these two teams... It's it's hard to like point to one position group and say oh they have the, this clear advantage one way or the other. Um, so when it when it comes to Gus Edwards for him to get back in the mix last week, Baltimore rotated the snaps pretty evenly between uh, Gus, uh, Kenyon Drake, and, and Justice Hill. Justice Hill will kind of have to see if he's in the doghouse a little bit for the, for that late fumble against the Browns. Um, but I, I think you know provided that that Edwards is active and, and like you were saying that the The limitations in practice this week were just, you know, being precautious with him coming off of the knee injury. That was his first game back, of course. Um, I still don't see him fully taking over that this backfield. Um, I I think that the Ravens would be smart, especially after seeing what happened with J.K. Dobbins, to to continue to to have a deeper rotation in that backfield. But I still think that Gus is the number one guy uh, as long as Dobbins is out. I think he's the talent is so much more vast than guys like Hill and drake so I, th- I feel good about starting him if i have him like a, as like a flex option but I, th- I would imagine that he's not fitting the profile as an rb2 in, in most spots unless you know you, you you have austin eckler and he's on a bye this week that type of deal as far as the tampa bay side of this one goes we know that baltimore has had some trouble uh, defending the pass this year they've tightened it up a little bit in recent weeks but that's also been against quarterbacks that that aren't real and receiving cores that aren't really quite to the level uh, of the ones that gave them big problems, like like the uh, like the dolphins and like the bills earlier on. So we'll be interested to see the, the Marcus Peters, Mike Evans matchup. I think that's probably what what we're going to be seeing a lot of the time. And then uh, Marlon Humphrey versus Chris Godwin, I think is also set sets up to be pretty interesting. So Tampa Bay is going to need to get into its depth a little bit, as far as the receiving core goes, whether that's, Uh, Rashad Perriman, a little revenge game there potentially for him. (laughs) Uh, um, Or, or, you know, one of those more uh, depth guys, I think, for Tampa Bay will will be a key to this passing game. Maybe Kate Otten can get going, especially with Baltimore being a little bit banged up at safety with no Marcus Williams. So I'm interested in Kate Otten a little bit. I think that Baltimore starting to come together as as a run defense unit and and Fournette's usage uh, is getting eaten into a little bit by rookie Rashad White. So um, you're going to start Fournette, but you don't feel this doesn't feel like a smash spot uh for him necessarily i am interested to see if they get him involved in the passing game because it you know if you get patrick queen on him Fournette is like just as big if not bigger than patrick queen so you, you could imagine him running him over a little bit so ppr type of formats definitely like Fournette. um and that, that's kind of my, my general read on this one. And it will be interesting to see on, on the Brady angle if Tampa Bay continues to you know ask him to throw the ball 40, 45 times. Yeah, and it has not worked out
1: as of late. Mm-mm. Brady's been brutal in the fantasy department. So let me ask you a uh, what-world-are-we-living-in type of question in terms of start-sit. Let's say you had Tom Brady and you just picked up Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Who would you rather start? Daniel Jones going up against what has typically been this year pretty bad Seahawks defense that should be a high-scoring game, or Tom Brady on a weird Thursday
2: night game? Who would you start? Yeah. It's a, it's a short week and it's also past Tom's bedtime, you know, like we're, we're he he's, you know, we're, we're getting Tom off schedule here. You know, he's usually in bed in the hyperbaric chamber by like 7 PM or whenever the sun goes down. Uh, so give me Danny dimes. Uh, I know it's on the road, but uh, you know, Daniel Jones can run a little bit as we saw last week, you know, throwing for 200 running for another 100. Um, and yeah, like the, the Seattle defense, it, it's talented. It's young. It's coming together. But I, I still think that you know this is a really well designed Giants offense that tries to like kind of maximize the the good parts of Daniel Jones's game. So I, I think that Jones, with that rushing threat, uh, gets the nod for me over Brady. Yeah. Also past my bedtime. I'm uh,
1: actually headed to the game uh, here shortly, so I probably hey, need to get on rains. the highway soon. Um, so, last one for you. Is it because I I don't know that I can if I have it in me to ask any more questions about Kyle Pitts? So, <laughs> I think this is going to be the last time that I that I have a Kyle Pitts question. Is it time to move off of him or I don't know if you have the stomach out there to actually drop him. I guess you could if you felt so inclined, but should we just give up all hope, I guess, and all expectation? for a good
2: Kyle Pitts season at this point. For a good Kyle Pitts season, yeah, that that's where I'm at with it too. It's a, it just feels like Atlanta um that they're not a great team as we know. Um but they they do kind of want to be competitive. They're they're not like actively tanking like like some teams out there. So that they want to be competitive and the way that they're doing it is just being extremely run heavy and so that that just limits the amount of times that they're going to the air and when they do, obviously defenses are bracketing Kyle Pitts a good bit. So um, we're we're to the point in the season where, no, you're not uh, dropping Kyle Pitts because there's always that what if factor. Um, but at the same time, if there's someone that you've picked up over the course of the season that's producing a little bit more right now, like a Kate Otten, um, then I think that you know you you no longer have to feel beholden uh, to starting Kyle Pitts every week and not thinking about it. I think you you, you are in a spot where unfortunately you spent a third round pick. On a guy like Pitts, and you, you just hope that you, it'd be a set set and forget type of situation. It's not anymore. So if someone like Kate Otten or Hayden Hurst, someone like that, is on your roster, I think you can definitely kind of go with a playing of the matchups type of deal instead of just uh, locking Pitts in every single week not thinking about it. Here we are, starting
1: Kate Otten over Kyle Pitts and Daniel Oof. Jones over Tom Brady. This is the world we're <laughs> living in, folks. <laughs> the latest injury news, DFS advice and analysis, get it all over at com. John McKechnie, you can find him there. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. My man, Thanks a ton. I'll catch you next week. More in the zone coming up after this.
0: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil.